This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com which is brought to you by comic book click which is celebrating its sixth year anniversary the day that this episode comes out happy birthday happy birthday but as always, for the many, many years that we've been doing this, I am never alone. Sir, if you could please introduce yourself. I'm the flaming bird in your movie trailer, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. <laughs> GT Rebirth, you're an omen of things to come. Yes. You, know, you start seeing these black birds show up. Uh, I was actually driving out of my driveway this morning, and a huge black bird landed on um, a recycling bin next to me and it freaked me the hell out. They're way bigger than you would think that they would be. And I'm like, what's he here? What's he trying to tell me? And he just starts picking at the trash. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess he's, I guess it's all, it's all said. Uh, there, what, 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 a, what a man's heart is full of deceit. Shadow falls over his soul. I, um, <laughs> So, you know, six years of comic book click, you know, first and foremost, want to thank everyone who's followed us on this journey. we got some big places we're going to be going in the future. So, you know, thank everyone who's been on this journey with us. Um, I decided that it was time to tackle a film I hadn't seen yet because there's a bunch of scuttlebutt about the recent casting of the main character of the reboot of this film. Mm. Um, is it Bill Skarsgård? I believe it is. Um, has been tapped to play Eric Draven slash the his crow. highly angular cheekbones. cheekbones. Yes, and his uh, wavering eye. <laughs> the, uh, um, oh, does he have a lazy one? No, he can move it. Uh, oh, dear. he can he can look at you straight and move his right or left one independently, which was like a thing for it. Like that was that one feels of like a design flaw. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take him back to the store. Yeah, but. Uh, you know that he's it, the movies come up in the news recently. We seemingly tackled everything under the under the sun, and I just have never seen the crow. There's so much around it. There's so much surrounding. You know the death of the star Brandon Lee, urban legends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this is like a cult film for the most part, where mm-hmm. it probably didn't make blockbuster money, but a lot of people remember it if they've seen it. So I had to get that knowledge. You know, with the six years a comic book click, life and death and birth and and all that, I had to get in on the ground floor. I had to see the crow, and that's what we'll be tackling today. 1994's The Crow. Um, but I have to ask before we get all up in the biz, do you remember when you first saw this film? Um, I want to say, I know I was in high school, okay. so I want to believe it was around uh, uh, 14 or 15 Okay. Um, when I was in the, the, the midst, the 
the the the dead center <laughs> of my teen angst stages. Okay. Uh, and, and 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 you know, uh, loud screaming rock music. Um, I I I was I was very um smitten with it for lack of a better term when I first saw it. Like I don't know, it was just one of the coolest things in the world to me. Um, when you are a teenager and you don't have much time for the idea of like clever, interesting prose, a character yeah. <laughs> just like throwing out badass liners just kind of it like attaches itself to your psyche. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just kind of how you want to speak to people all your life. Right. Cool lines that have that need no explanation. I mean, 90s is the king, the king of catchphrases, right? Like that was yeah. the, that's when everyone had a line, a dig. Even Bart Simpson doing the Bartman dance and stuff. Eat my yeah. shorts. Um, Don't have a cow, man. Yeah, this was a film that I knew about more than I knew of, right. um, and and um, so I have to ask, you know, now that you've seen it now with adult eyes, how much of that coolness remains, or is this just like Ugh. a picture? Of you that you find in junior high school, you're like, why did I, you know, what was I wearing? Wait, what was I? That's not a hairstyle, George. Like that's oh, not, you know, <laughs> stuff, like, you know, stuff like that. Oh god, those UFO pants were not as cool as you thought they were. <laughs> um, you don't and- get it. It says my name in LEDs across the belt. <laughs> oh god, that was a phase, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was, bro. Somebody got a picture out there. It's a, it's, it's a bunch of a bunch of teenagers walking around looking like pharmacy signs. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, not 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 as much. Um, there's some weird, like, like it, it's one of those things where you just go, like, man, it's a flawed movie. I enjoyed myself, but it's a flawed film. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it. I think I spent the first thirty minutes realizing that this film does not even bother to explain what's going on no it does not and as somebody who again had no background in this film i'm like in what order are we doing things like what what is what like we kind of yada yada through a big a big event possibly the the the, uh uh fuel that stokes the fire of the entire film is kind of yada yada through it's like the film starts and a bad thing happened Hang out with the bad guys. A bad thing happened. Hang out with the cops. Reminder that a bad thing happened. And now he pops out the grave and he's just like reminding himself of the bad thing. And then he, and then while having no lines throughout that entire process, he's like, well, time to go on my vigilante quest. Yeah. And he doesn't have anyone to talk to. So, like, I could see, I could totally see where inner monologue probably would have helped this like in a comic book you know like yeah, i yeah. i see all their faces each one of them i'll never forget and yada but you get none of that <laughs> you get none of that straight up so i'm just like what is going on here um so to me and i blame this totally mm-hmm. on morbius i really <laughs> like this movie <laughs> nice. i i really dug this movie um it obviously is of a time yeah. But it's it's one of the most of a time films I think I've ever seen. Like, not only is it of the 90s, it feels authentically 90s in a time where people are going so hard to try to capture what I'll, it was. I'll, I'll give you the most 90s thing about it. It's right in the beginning where a poorly keyed CGI background <laughs> with of a bird 
kind of sort of flying through the kind of sort of not sky while a child recants this mythic lore to you right <laughs> that you've never heard of this is like, also like the citizen kane of edgy comic book movies <laughs> in the sense that i'm watching this and i'm going this is the opening for spawn bad right. cgi narration right. dark thunder and lightning and rain yes you know i'm seeing every edgy film in the 90s that try to tackle like this dark anti-hero character but none of them i don't think did it as well as mm -hmm. this in a in a weird way however you want to champion that for this film um i you know not to be blasphemous i don't think brandon lee as he stands is impressive okay but under the makeup it's a completely different fucking person you know i think there's, there's something about that that just that, that does things to people um and i think it's usually the idea that you can you can hide the vis the visage of an unconvincing person under a look yeah. that just changes everything about um the presence you're receiving yeah you know um the as, as wrestling fans you've seen a lot of people who have been able to sort of transform themselves under some sort of makeover or some sort of change they've made yeah. um i personally um dan's gonna hate me for this i i <laughs> i i personally remember sitting through amazing spider-man and going well i was all right with the movie once he put the mask on right right right. yeah <laughs> and i didn't see the thing that was bothering me the entire time um right. and he, they even go to great lengths to show that by having the mask on he does become a different person he's more confident he's more piffy right yeah um but at the same time i'm also going as i'm watching this movie i was just like so why did he paint his face <laughs> why that that anyone, one mask like he just there's just this mask of, of nobody knows what that mask is we don't really understand it he's just like no i'm gonna do this like, why right and there's like music in the background that's like paint your face <laughs> kill your enemies <laughs> and i'm like wait what what's going on is this in you is he playing a cd is this in universe what's going on here now um, i think this is interesting for you in the sense because um when did you start watching for anyone who's listened to this for long enough you know it was going here at some point when did you start <laughs> watching wrestling Okay, so I started watching wrestling in 1999. Um, okay. I, I, which was, people joke, but it, it, it actually informed so much of my fandom because, sure. because I missed the heights of the war of, yes, the, you, the, did. you know, the WCW, the WWF war. Um, and my first, my first major angle that I ever saw was Triple H against Vince for Stephanie, which would then give us the, the you know, uh, McMahon Helmsley era, which mm -hmm. would then, which is not, which has been extended basically till now. <laughs> you know, like that's yes. basically what, what it's been. So, like, I, people used to tell me, like, bro, Triple H is not the guy. It's Shawn Michaels. And I'm like, well, he's not right. here. So, what am I supposed to say? The Rock also, I mean, it's not the guy. It's Austin. Well, he's right. also injured. He's also not here. <laughs> You know, which also, then, I think, which also probably gives you a very, very different historical context on the identity of DX. 
Right, right. I, 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 it was it was my four gang of hooligans, and then to yes. find out where it came from and how that China was originally, like all that stuff. And I remember GT, my cousin would have these action figures, um, and we you know just smash them against each other because no one was really doing moves at the time. Of course. And I remember being enamored prior to even seeing him of Kane. I just thought the look mm-hmm. was a really really good look, and he ended up being one of my favorite visual. Um, you know, like his visual ended up making him one of my favorite wrestlers when I was younger. But I also remember picking up a toy of Sting. Mm-hmm. I have Kane, and I have Sting, and I'm like, are they related? Like, are, what? What is this? You know, like, what is this? The the stri- the stripes or the lines on the face? What? Who is this Sting guy? I don't know who this Sting guy is. I know who this Kane guy is because I watched that right. show. But I don't know who Sting is. And everyone's like, oh, Sting's one of the greatest. Sting, 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 Sting in the NWO. Sting in the NWO. And I never really got it until I went and I did a deep dive on WCW. You know, the rise and fall. You hear about all that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's all. It's like hearing about Rome. Like how Rome fell. You know, like everyone, <laughs> everyone knows now. The legend of Rome. Yeah. And you start to see Steve Borden, a.k.a. Sting, go from this surfer a character to literally the crow like with a crow at one point it literally, yes. it literally had a crow they trained the crow to almost attack eric bischoff at one point <laughs> so uh, both of those things to me for me personally have a connection to this lore in fact i made three wrestling connections one of them is phony but it made me laugh um <laughs> because uh there's a there, there is a scene we'll get past of absolutely no remarkability other than being fucking weird, where right. your boy Eric Draven hits the picture-perfect swanton bomb off of a building. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just yes, imagine the yes. young Jeff Hardy going, ah, yes. Thank you, Father. I know Hell what yeah. I must do. Hell yeah. <laughs> with, with the skin-tight t- skin black shirt and the, yep. and the jeans and all that yep. stuff, I'm like, totally, uh, yeah. Matthew, I understand now. <laughs> The 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 makeup even looks better, not fully black. There's like yeah. a faded element to it that makes him look. And the thing is, this exact face paint is what Sting tried initially. If you can yes, remember, he tried this right exact in the one. Beginning, <laughs> like, he did yeah. it. He did it to the T. And then I'm it was like, sure uh, some calls were made. Yeah, they're like, uh, bro, <laughs> uh, you're in somewhere in between Eric Draven and um, the Space Boy from. Uh, Kiss or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it's like the, um, oh, the, the star man. Star man, star man. So um yeah, I know that he eventually, you know, locked it down, but as I'm watching this show, like some of the mannerisms, some of the vocal stuff, I'm hearing Sting. Yes. With his kooky, whatever kind of stuff that he tries to do yeah. later on in his career. It's totally just from this. And I'm like, yo, you owe people like checks, bro. Like, yes. I get I get the Razor Ramon Scarface thing, but that was what I, at the peak, <laughs> what four years, five years maybe. Sting's been mm-hmm. rocking on twenty years. Is taken from my man Eric Draven. Yes. Now also your boy Kane. <clears throat> okay, talk to me about Kane. So this is a little looser, but it was one we had fun with because I have a very particular memory of it. I be- I believe it is the Monday Night Raw after um, SummerSlam. Uh, the SummerSlam where Brock Lesnar takes the championship off The Rock. Okay. And I believe for some time, Kane had not been seen. Right. And the night after, I am at that Monday Night Raw where Kane seems to have reappeared again. 
I'm there with a good friend of mine who introduced me to the crow. So we're having a good old time whenever the canes stuff starts happening of doing yeah. the whole fire it up thing oh, yeah. in fire the fucking crowd. <laughs> and then when your man Kane comes out, I'm going to send you a picture for, for a reference. Um, he's got this brand new outfit with the fucking wrapped buckles around the torso that looks yep. just like the crow's outfit. And I'm just yep. like, yep. wait, we were joking. What's happening? <laughs> that was the Kane Rooney night, was it not? No, that came later. I I thought that was the night uh, the uh, um the un-Americans tried to set the American flag on fire and and hey, uh, and uh, Kane just wouldn't he wouldn't have that he wouldn't have people just setting things on fire it's his whole thing so like um, that was a very interesting night for us as 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 nerds who enjoyed the crow and the, and then saw Kane come out in this crow inspired outfit while we were doing the thing from the movie to his pyro why do you think this there's so much in this that just works where other films have tried and failed um you know in its own way it's a visually striking movie and that's the easiest translation yeah uh, I, I agree especially in pro wrestling where it's like you you, you know you want to get them in three seconds before you before you say a word before you do a move right you want to you want to catch it with something and uh a, a lot of that visage that's that sting ended up making a career of uh, one that's lasted longer than his previous look you know, it comes from a lot of that cool imagery you had there. The 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 scary sort of gothic Avenger up there in his long trench coat and his his kooky bird. Watching you, just watching you from the shadows, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And like I said, like the, him and so many others, oh, you know, they got to pay some receipts because, man, yeah. I didn't realize so much was taken. Um, so a little bit of background. I, I, I just did, I did think it was interesting for you in this case that your your connection to it came before the film. It, I swear it's like it's like finding the Rosetta Stone. Like I now <laughs> understand Sting better. I yeah. understand '90s comic book movies better. I understand <laughs> how we kind of got to the Matrix eventually. You know, yeah. um, and you know, like how action ended up getting set apart and stuff because. Even though, like we were just saying, Eric Draven is a completely badass character. I don't think we would be we would be seeing a character like that, that badass, still be so tethered to love and romance yeah. and the go- and gothic romanticism. Like that's kind of a little like we were in this weird cross section of society where we were both uh, disillusioned, mm-hmm. but but still cared about the things we cared about. We yes. may not have, you know, the idea of the, uh, you know, um, what is it, yellow brick road, and all that stuff is way gone. You know, mm-hmm. l- look at look at the city here, like literally on fire all the time. All the time. Um, but but good people still manage to have live good lives in the hell. And I mean, if you've lived in New York, you know exactly what that, what that <laughs> fucking thing is like. So like, it, this film to me has an authenticity. I don't know how they captured it that I think other films have failed to. Like, Spawn doesn't even feel like it's in a real place. It doesn't even feel like it's in a real city or dealing with real rules or real government or any of that kind of stuff. Um, Also, um, for what it's worth, despite the fact that he's mostly hidden under the paint and despite the fact that, you know, it's it's not something people tend to bring up very often because of the the sort of lower status of the film, um, a very rare case of an Asian male lead. 
yeah, an Asian male romantically, not in a martial artsy movie, right? Right. You know, and uh, so. initially, I heard that that when he was initially casted, they they weren't impressed with him. I can they imagine didn't, they didn't want they didn't uh, the director wasn't down on it, and then they put him in the stuff, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like this is totally." And so then, basically, the director felt like you did. I, totally, like I said, the, <laughs> the man the man has an incredibly angular face, and yes. without face paint, it looks it looks like. It looks like that. It just all slopes down to his chin into a perfect point. Yeah, you remember um, uh, handsome Squidward, like the muscles in oh, his geez. face. Like I was getting those kind of vibes, and okay. it would have been hard for me to cheer an out and out pretty boy. It, mm. it just would have been in this very grungy movie. It would have been out and out, which was the same my same beef for Morbius. Like Morbius, is like oh, I'm cursed, and no one wants this this torture. And it's like, bro, you have abs and Jesus's hair. Like, what are you, what are you complaining <laughs> about? I'm but, a doctor uh, who makes venom jokes. Yeah, uh, and so I, there is a, like a relatability. Like I want this guy to win. They, they found a way to make the villains out like unapologetically deplorable. Mm-hmm. So it's not, there's no question of like, well, you know, maybe the world needs half the resources. It's like, no, no, these guys are just fucking the worst of the worst. Yeah. And um, it gives you a sympathetic hero who, like you said, is badass. There's kills in this. There's blood in this. There's curses mm-hmm. in this. It was weird to get such a cross section of 90s action and also what is budding to be the new industry of 90s uh, comics, comic book yes. movies, I mean. Yeah. Full, full, full of um, quite a few of the same character actors that you will see in a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was very impressed. Um, I love Tony Todd's little suit. Like, I like, I like. <laughs> he's like, he's like incredibly well dressed. I'm like, that man looks familiar. Is that Tony Todd? Um, yes, yes, <laughs> so, so good. Um, Bai Ling is only a few years of being a very awkward Asian woman in Wild Wild West. Right, <laughs> I, I thought. Like I thought she had energy on screen that made me look her up. I was like, she is For someone doing who something. does not say a fucking word. Right. I'm like, she's doing something though. She's doing way more than top dollar is. And why top dollar? <laughs> why why yeah. that name? Why that actor? No why idea. Did... I we'll get more to him. Let me and, put up... and, and in doing nothing is it, it makes it seem to be clear that she's kind of the only one who kind of gets it like uh something's up with that bird. Yeah. Because she's everyone's doing looking at him, and someone needs to look. Because she's not wafing eyeball steam and, yeah, <laughs> and doing yeah. cocaine or whatever the fuck they were doing in that. She's the only clear-headed one there. Like, uh, does anyone ask about the bird? She's like, oh no, I'm not on drugs. I just like doing this stuff anyway. Like, this is uh, just the kind of kind of shit I dig. Personally, I was also digging um, the uh, discount um, uh, Robert Davi with the detective. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I what a dickhead, real real dickhead, and I was liking um I I thought Ernie Hudson, yes, I thought he did great in this, yes I thought I thought he had like there were, I thought there was honest to god comedic moments, he's comedic even though like all of Draven is woe is me mm-hmm. he's funny at points, you know yeah. he's like I think I'm just gonna go out your front door. You know, like I was just like, that's kind of funny. Like it's not, yeah. I'm dying, but I'm like, there's, they get it. Everyone in this gets it. Yeah, they and have. They, I was gonna say, yeah, they they have some great comedic banter because, like, 
Uh, because Eric Draven knows this is weird. This yeah. is weird to him too. So he's got no problem playing into it. And right. I love I love Ernie Hudson just kind of like putting his hands up, even though he knows he's had, he's got no mm-hmm. chance in this fight. Right, right, because he's always ready. He ain't playing that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, let me get this uh, background stuff. So just in general, for those who want to know the background information, The Crow is a 1994 American supernatural superhero film directed by Alex Proyas and written by David J. Shaw and John Shirley. It stars Brandon Lee in his final film appearance as Eric Draven, a murdered musician who is resurrected to avenge his death. Uh, and that of his fiance. The film is based on James O'Barr's comic of the same name. I looked it up. It's about a four-issue series that O'Barr wrote um, after his wife had passed away. It was his idea of dealing with grief, and so you know he created a character that was able to take revenge for his grief and use his grief uh, to save others in a way. Production of The Crow was struck by tragedy, famously, when Lee was fatally wounded during filming. As Lee had finished most of his scenes before his death, the film was completed through script rewrites, a stunt double, and digital effects. The Crow is dedicated to Lee and his fiancée, Eliza Hutton. After Lee's death, Paramount Pictures opted out of distrib- distributing the film, and the rights were picked up by Miramax. Could you imagine that? The whole film is done. Mm-hmm. Lee died. And then your distributor's like, yeah, I'm out. Like, yep. Yeah, uh, fine. Nope. Find somebody else to put this out because we're not doing it. Um, but Miramax did. They actually saw the um, film's completion and uh, it was released to positive reviews. You know, the Rotten Tomatoes um, has it. I believe it is fresh. Um, the people talk about the tones, the visuals, the cinematography, like you were talking about. Like, there's some cool shots in this. Uh, it grossed $94 million on a $23 million budget, which, you know, made its money back. Yep. has a strong cult following and they it, it it's a media franchise at this point it has three sequels and a television series uh never seen any of these sequels never seen a television series one of them Are has you... a baby kirsten dunst like baby baby like she's very young like child actor you know like I, um uh, small is, soldiers uh is she in small soldiers bro yeah she totally is. okay she's the, uh, i've yeah, never she's seen a... that silly movie you never seen bro we no not now I've i'm doing it. now i'm doing to you you're, what people are doing with me like the girl, you ever seen the girl? <laughs> yeah. it never came my way and it, it, uh, you, uh when, when you go up at a certain level of poverty i think as anyone in new york has had to do yeah, yeah. it's like you've either seen the thing or it passes you by you know what's funny and this is a complete tangent but fuck it it's our podcast go for um, it um um you know, like those memes that be like, "All right, you got to choose A or B." You know, these mo- these sets of movies are these sets of movies. That's what <laughs> that's what living in poverty is like. It's like yeah. <laughs> you get three movies you watch a year. All right, you can't watch yes. more. So, which one are you gonna watch? And the ones you don't stop existing. They just mm-hmm. disappear because you have no frame of reference to them, so they just disappear. Because everything else at that point is just like, did I catch it on cable? No. Well, then it right. I never kids. Saw it. Go away. kids young kids listening to this podcast there was a time where sometimes you turn the tv on and you're halfway through the movie and sometimes every time you turn the tv on you're halfway through the same movie you may never see the beginning <laughs> you've never you seen buy- that first hour <laughs> yeah until you buy it on digital so, or digital well, listen to me buy it on home release but yeah. um yeah uh so we're going to get into the plot of this and uh yeah talk a little bit about 
what they're planning to do with this remake but it this is I, this is a blast to run through so um our film opens up on devil's night aka october 30th so october 30th devil's night then you have uh halloween and then the day after is dia de los muertos that's a that's a packed three three-day weekend mm-hmm. of demons we descend into detroit and i had to wait a while so somebody said detroit because <laughs> you can't tell what it is um and detroit is literally on fire uh filled with both crime and grime and uh yeah the occasional fire in this intro we get narration that tells us that people once believed i never believed this i've never heard this before. i've never heard this before <laughs> people once believed that when someone dies a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead however sometimes something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and the soul can't rest is that yeah. like is that like the the death version of a stork i oh yeah right the other side of it this feels like something written on the back of the vhs <laughs> like on the top <laughs> you just read the blurb people believe yeah people believe you know and one such person is eric draven um so it's a, it's a, in a world where the dead are carried that's off literally what this is <laughs> but but again I immediately, not too long ago, did I watch Spawn. We did the Spawn versus Steel, uh, which was worse. And Spawn tries to do like four pages of dialogue in the same amount of time. Mm. And then in Hell's Army, and then a Hell Spawn, and then you have to save your soul. And <laughs> we got a lot to get out. Relax, bro. And then green fire and shit. There's a lot going on. Um, also, John Lucas almost a clown. Like I said, somehow this is less complicated, mm-hmm. even though it makes less sense. And I think it's less complicated because the things that don't make sense, they don't try to explain. Whereas McFarlane was like, well, obviously the hellfire. And then you, Malboja, you know? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. You came to a Spawn film. You don't know what it means? You don't know what any of this is? Um, uh, so we are immediately thrust into a crime scene from the POV of Ernie Hudson, uh, a.k.a. Sergeant Albrecht, I think is how you say that. Albrecht? Albrecht. Mm. We'll go Albrecht. Yeah. Uh, we see a gravely injured woman on a gurney and photos of her uh, with an unarmed, with an unnamed man all over the apartment. After finding a wedding invitation with their names on it, we are given the rest of the story. Couple Shelley Webster and Eric Draven were targeted in their high-rise apartment the night before their wedding on Halloween. They're going to get married as lords, man. They're freaking as lords. Of course, oh, of course. Eric was found outside having having fallen from the apartment window and killed on impact while Shelly was in rough shape and taken to the hospital. The only person who seems concerned about either one of these two is a small child named Sarah, who says that she befriended the couple and they take care of her. Um, great kind of child acting in this. I dug Sarah in this. Usually I think kids are a bit annoying, but I, th- <laughs> I thought that she, she had a bit of the, Hey, Oh, what's going on here? Hey, you creep. She had a bit of that <laughs> in her. And I was like, yeah, I can dig that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I guess I, the only thing I found myself wondering about is just like, where did you meet this couple? Did they just adopt this child? Again, never explained. It's <laughs> never, it's never explained what their relationship is. They try to patch it up in flashbacks, but uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, just the, the ends don't connect. No, um, they don't. I, I thought she was an orphan. We find out that's not the case either. So nope. Um, one year later, Sarah lays flowers at Shelly and Eric's grave, and a crow lands and pecks at Eric's tombstone. I guess that's what woke him up. Um, Sarah, (laughs) shut up. Um, I remember when, when they put crows in Sting's stuff for for WWE. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, why crows? Oh, yeah, this was all but the crows. Because <laughs> he stopped. It was all scorpions for a long time. I was like, oh, yeah, this was a crow in this thing. We completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had to, like, keep the, the, we had to keep the scorpion and the crow somehow at the same time. But then <laughs> we were just, like. Together and separate. <laughs> Imagine that, like, combined logo, like a crow riding a scorpion. <laughs> right. Like, this is me now. <laughs> Hilarious. But we didn't want to. We didn't want to change the name to like the Crow Deathlock, so we had to kind of keep that vision, <laughs> right, th- that right. imagery in. <laughs> and everything and it got makes weird. more sense. Like scorpions are like death, deadly creatures. Also, if you can remember, uh, distinctively, one would even say mm. WWE chose to call Sting the Vigilante. He yeah. was the Vigilante Sting. <laughs> that, so, was a, that was a poor decision. No one liked it. <laughs> Maybe now we're 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 coming up on something. I think perhaps, um, someone had ju- never seen the crow, just saw the crow around that time. And was like, <laughs> I get it. We gotta sign him. We need him. We got. I finally. <laughs> I finally I understand. Finally get it. They had a meme moment. We gotta sign him. Bring him in. Vigilante. Whole whole nine yards. Lights off. Lights on. But um, Sarah meets up with Sergeant Albright for some hot dogs. He calls her a real hot dogger. I don't know what that is. Oh no! The only hot dogging and grandstanding I know about Elizabeth. <laughs> you got lust in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, getting a lot of wrestling in this one. Uh, oh, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, the same gang that targeted Draven and his fiance are vandalizing an arcade for fun. Um. Which was something they were showing up. They saw this like a Ninja Turtles, like just these gangs just breaking shit. Just oh, yeah. a bunch of spikes and leather and denim and they don't give a damn. The city! That's it. It's all the city is all the time. <laughs> People stealing car radios and smashing your face with a bat. That's there for sunlight. No. Suddenly the earth on top of Eric's grave starts to shift as Eric Draven pulls himself out of his grave, having returned from the dead. He spots a crow that seemingly befriends him. I don't know how else to explain it, GT. It it does, right? Like they seemingly have an eye to eye meeting and like, yeah, we're <laughs> we're, like, we're I know you. You do. Yeah, and that's and that's basically the extent of that. There's no like, where did I come from? Like he doesn't have a conversation with the crow. He can he just knows through the crow. Um so they are I love it because of the at one point we get crow eye vision, but uh, <laughs> we get that a few times and it never gets less weird. No, uh, he uh, he befriends the crow. He changes clothes. He puts on some boots. He finds it in a dumpster, which I thought like thankfully they're my size. There's like a full pair of boots just in a dumpster. He puts them on. Uh, gang, the gang blows up the arcade while he's doing all this. Mm-hmm. Using the crow as his guide, Eric is led back to his apartment and while surveying the untouched crime scene, recounts the break-in uh, that saw him shot in the back and stabbed before falling out of a window while his fiance is raped and beaten to death. So it was at the time this time in the film where I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen enough of I've seen enough films to know that this like rape thing is gonna be like heavily implied but never said. They say yeah. rape like four times in this thing. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, she got raped. Yeah, we raped her. Yeah, we fucked. I'm like, oh my god. Like, it's just, like I said, they make it a point to show the worst yeah. of humanity. Uh, so you have no sympathy for these bad guys. It's not like, well, you know, he kind of has a point. It's like, no, they, these guys are terrible. <laughs> um, use the crow. Uh, 
Eric finds out that he has a healing factor when he is cut by the window glass and his hands heal. He didn't have to be cut by the window glass. He is seemingly like reenacting with his body <laughs> the events yeah. of the of the of the mo- of the moment. And so at one point in real life, after getting shot in the back and stabbed, he falls out of the window or is pushed out, whatever. Yeah, I believe he's pushed he, out the window. Yeah, he reenacts this. But instead of going out the window, he grabs the ledge of the window, which cuts him. He didn't have to do any of these things, by the mm-hmm. way. And and then he's like, oh, snap. And then bad CGI shows you that. <laughs> yeah. He has and, and, and you know what's funny? Like, it's not even like it's a it's a desperate grab for the window. It's a very artsy move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of his a lot of his mourning in this scene is like interpretive dance. It's like yeah. just body movements that are supposed to like encapsulate what's going on. Um so I just imagine the director in the back just going like, yeah, man, he really wasn't a great actor, but damn, he looks good in that outfit. Uh, and this is when we see it because, you know, he's there, he's there, he's destroyed so many candles, bro. He lit so, so many, many candles. candles and he's just sitting there. It had to this, be time consuming. And like we talk about this, this is the height of this like grunge kind of kind of era. And he is sitting in the apartment of his dead fiance that has not been touched since the crime scene it's like the most gothic <laughs> imagery you can ever see it's just there's just stuff strewn around mm-hmm. and th- this edgy music starts to play and you see there's there's several things in this film that they have to show you ha- have importance by showing you the choppiest flashbacks you've ever seen <laughs> and in this case it's the mask it's this idea that there's a mask there. Flash, he was wearing a mask. Flash, she laughed at him wearing the mask. Flash, now he's gonna paint that on his face. That was I like have not a spirit of vengeance. <laughs> yeah, that that's basically it. And so he paints his face. Um, the strobe light flashbacks were a lot. Yeah. Um, Which at some point I always just go, well, why didn't you just put it on? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah, it would have been the same thing. Um, I want to believe that in I I I I hate to say a better movie in, in a more cohesive movie mm-hmm. they probably would have front-loaded it with all this stuff then had the murder well i mean forward. these days um and and maybe this is a warning for the scars guard film like these days the movie would probably uh get a lot closer to two and a half hours yeah. and we could front load the fuck out of it yeah you know this yeah. movie's only an uh hour and 40 minutes right right um because I, I'm like these flashbacks, they're not like in when you think of a normal film's flashbacks, they're these. It's usually a whole scene of something that's happened before. There's barely dialogue. Like mm-hmm. there's no one's talking in these flashbacks. You just see that they love each other because they like to lay down a lot and they yeah. like to laugh and and have candles. They have them. goofy moments. Right, and this is one of them. This idea that this mask. So he, you know, he paints his face. He has this tortured visage. Um, and I'm just like, oh, he kind of looks badass. Like, I'm kind of about this right now. Um, so with his new, you know, painted visage, like we were talking about, Eric is no more. and We officially meet the undead vigilante, the crow, dressed completely in black. So I'm right. I'm taking these notes, right? And I'm like, all right. So I guess I can just call him the crow moving forward. Uh-huh. But there's an actual crow. So, so <laughs> on occasion, I'll go and call him Eric because there's times where I want to talk about the crow. Right. I mean, the actual fucking bird crow. <laughs> um, 
I, the gang member who pawned Shelly's ring after her death, Tintin, is eventually tracked down via crow site. This, uh-huh. this made me raise an eyebrow because you can't poo-poo this and like Sam Wilson's <laughs> bird location thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I was like, "Oh, we got like a precursor. Like this is he sees through the eyes of. Is it of all crows? Is it of this crow? Was this crow tasked with bringing his soul to the Netherlands? Or I believe so. Yeah. So like, uh, does he talk with his other crow friends? Like, yo, bro, you guys don't even believe it. I want to go take this soul back. <laughs> now I gotta follow this dude because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> Fucking crows, bro." It's just the other one, just like, yeah, you think that's bad? Last time I had a whole job in San Francisco. You know what the pollution is like in San Francisco? I can't fly anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the black lung. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, gang leader T Bird uh, goes to see his superior top dollar at his club headquarters and is ordered to have his men ready for tomorrow. I can hear you die a little in your voice every time you say that. Top dollar? Yes. Yes, I do. Because Top Dollar <laughs> is a long-haired man with a southern accent for some reason. <laughs> he's got a little bit of a southern drawl to him, and I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's obsessed with gothic imagery and black magic and taking over the city. You know, the normal things. If That's, that's best his... known as the villainous guy of Ginsborn in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. If that's his real hair, <laughs> that's a terrible job. If it's not, it's still a terrible job. I don't know what's going on with this man's hair. You want to talk about, like, I like him as a villain in this. Mm-hmm. But all of it is such a mismatch. You want to talk about, like, like the the package. The package of Eric Draven slash The Crow fits. All of it fits together. Right. But fucking <laughs> top dollar. The name doesn't fit with how he looks. And then he, like, he like wears gloves and has, like, a sword. Like that's his it's many that's his, swords. He collects swords and he does cocaine. <laughs> yes. Like, this is just, this, he's just a mess. He's just a big old mess. Um, but again, I don't want a cool villain because I like my cool hero. So I don't right. care how shitty he is. I hope he gets gets his ass taken out. Um so it is revealed that Sarah's mom works at the bar the gang frequents and has been shacking it up with one of the members in exchange for drugs. Um, I think it's this skank. <laughs> so she's, she uh, chose the guy named Skank for some reason. Mm. Um, after handling Tintin, the crow heads to the pawn shop and does his best to terrify the owner into returning the ring after reciting some Edgar Allan Poe and waving around a shotgun. <laughs> Every time I heard that name, I just keep thinking of that cartoon I saw as a kid. Which one? Uh, the The Adventures of Tintin. Oh yes, 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 yes the little dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um, I really liked this. I really liked the methodical taunting of the poetry. The I liked that he had fun in this, which makes me wonder if people are missing that element of like this is still incredibly dreary incredibly dark it's uh, for adult audiences but the moments of levity totally work in you you buy that that eric is insane given his new life whatever that is yeah you buy that he doesn't understand it any more than anyone else does and therefore he doesn't care because he was fine dead but if he's going to be around now, he's going to have right. fun enacting revenge. 
But there's um, also there's also like a uh, uh, I don't want to say there, there's a there's a freedom in knowing that like uh, you're pretty much invulnerable. Yeah. So like he never treats too many of these encounters with with a ton of gravitas because he's just like none of you can hurt me. Can we just get on with this? Right. Right. We'll <laughs> talk a bit about I'd like when to he, go when away the, now. We'll talk a bit when he's at gunpoint, but it's like. He shows a level of fearlessness as the crow that I wish other superheroes had, other actors playing superheroes have. Mm. The, where where I felt like again the flashbacks, the lovey dovey flashbacks felt felt rehearsed, felt scripted, all that kind of stuff. When he's under the paint, he's a manic, a manic just vigilante. I I totally buy it. I I I can't explain it. Like it, I don't think that he was really that crazy, or he needed to lock himself in a New York hotel room for six months to get into like just with crows to kind of figure out what a crow was. But I think it's what you're talking about. I think it's that the being able to hide his face behind the paint gave him the confidence to to experiment with delivery, experiment yeah. with facial expressions. Everything he says is enunciated. His, yeah. his, his face is animated. His mouth is animated. He is a spooky... It's almost like he's painted up like a hooker at one point. <laughs> painted up like a hooker. But it, it works in this. And then to have that bumbling Gideon, uh, you know, pawn shop owner, it's great. At one point he says, like, is it shit on me? He just starts repeating shit on me, shit on me, shit on me, because he's like so terrified. Oh, oh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's like shit on me. I'm like, is that a phrase people batted around back in the day? He's just like shit on me, shit on me. Oh my gosh, shit on me. Um, uh, I I keep thinking of um Cody Ro- the Cody Rhodes story. Where, uh, what's the, where is oh, that referee? To me. He tried to fuck oh on God. me. This is also when I'm like, Sting would have been better with a shotgun. <laughs> he was walking around with a shotgun. <laughs> I think the Horace Hogan's of the world <laughs> wouldn't have caused so much damage. You know, he should have thought about that. Um, uh, a veteran actor in this guy who is who is well known for being just like the character actor scumbag in so many things. Oh, you're talking about T-Bird? Uh, the guy in the pawn shop. Oh, oh, yeah. No, he's fucking great, too. That is uh, John, John Polito. Polito, yeah, Polito, yeah. Polito, yeah. Um, I, I, I distinctly remember him first. Like the first thing that came to me was Big Lebowski. Okay, he plays, he plays like a FBI agent in that. Yeah, he was in. Uh, oh my, he voiced. He did a voice for DC Showcase, The Spectre. Okay, where he voiced a police captain, right? Mm-hmm. Then they have him accredited for the Superman Shazam: The Return of Black Adam animated film, where uh. he voiced. Um, it says a police captain and then it says uh dc showcase original shorts collection um it says that he voiced a police captain so <laughs> that's basically his run <laughs> in dc I, I remember him from uh blank man oh yes he is a blank man wow <laughs> you just unlocked a memory for me uh i want memories I want to see something real quick because I know it's got to be in the hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking up his IMDb credits. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. How many acting credits do you think he has? Uh, I'm going with 100, 130s. That's pretty good. It's 223. Okay. 
So it's like you said, character actor through and through. It's but always also, a place for you, man. Always a place for you, baby. Oh yeah, I was impressed with the the guy who's used to being a character actor as a scumbag, who is um, where's his name? Uh, David Patrick Kelly, the guy from Warriors. Warriors. Okay. He's he's the guy um who dies in the car, the leader of the of the gang. Oh, is he? Yeah, and so he 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 was the leader of the other gang in warriors and like i know the face he plays skeezy very well (laughs) sneaky sniveling skeezy he's just good at it and that's basically his character in warriors as well so i liked seeing him in this like i said random shit like oh wouldn't it be badass if i put a cigarette out on my own tongue like i guess i guess it is Oh yeah, they're just they're just having a dick measuring contest at the table. Who could do the dumbest thing and <laughs> swallow a bullet? Right. Speaking of which, did you see that thread of the worst uh the worst uh, moves or whatever? They did a worst moves thread on on uh Squared Circle. No, I didn't dumbest not. move. They did a dumbest moves thread. Uh like just like for risk and reward. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. somebody was like, why did um why did Nigel McGuinness headbutt that turnbuckle bone? <laughs> ah, oh no! Oh, it ruined his career. <laughs> they were like, they were like, that's probably the dumbest bump that no one had to take. And no bump. yeah, man, don't take, don't take dumb bumps. Don't put cigarettes out on your tongue. It's not worth it, kids. No, don't. Don't you swallow don't gotta, bullets. You don't gotta impress anybody. Um, um, I did like the imagery before we move on from that scene of yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the uh the the shotgun with the rings in it. Yeah. That was a cool moment. That was a cool shot. That was a cool moment. It. I didn't remember it as vividly. So when it. So when it happened, I was just like, "Oh, that was a nice." Fit. I feel that like we should. I feel like we shit on things when we when we need to. But then it's also credit where credit is due. Like the way they use lighting for Eric in this. You know, where he's yeah. constantly in and out of shadows. It plays so much with his attire. It plays so much with the visage of the there entire a- night. Oh, uh, there's a lot of it. I say this as someone who just had to kind of sit through it again. I say that in such a negative way. Who just had to sit <laughs> through it again because my father came by and wanted to watch it. There's a lot of precursors to everything we saw in the Batman. Yes. You know, yes. just walk coming in and out of shadow just casually, but just using the shadows um, in a way that's uh, not not too overtly like complex or, or uh, sophisticated just yeah casual the simplicity in it makes him feel more supernatural yes you know and that, that's something that they they did for the batman as well and then you can't help but feel like um you know gordon and albright in this are like these crazy white folk like they they, they just like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna hang out with you because you're crazy but you might kind of crazy and we're gonna lock up all these other crazy motherfuckers uh, as long as you're crazy on my side i can deal with this that's it um so Albright would have locked him up though. Yeah, he would. Albright <laughs> confronts the crow in front of the flaming pawn shop, but Draven seems unfazed about having a gun pointed at him. I love this scene, honestly. You know, where he's like, Yeah, what about Eric Draven? What about Shelly Webster? Why didn't you do anything about that? And he's like, I bro, I was there. Like <laughs> that shit was fucked up. Um, and he says, like, he hints that he may have had something to do with Tintin's death. And he promises that all of Tintin's friends will see the same fate, but he disappears into the night. Mm. And I love that Ernie Hut. They first of all they spin around him way too many times with the camera for some reason while this is going <laughs> on. And he's like, I just, just got into a conversation with a mime, and he just disappeared. Like, 
<laughs> in the open? Yeah, he was very upset. Um, but you need an everyman like that. And I thought he did a great job. He decides to investigate the double homicide from a year ago. And we're led to believe that similar snooping like this is what got him demoted in the first place. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name of Eric Draven's band? I missed it. Mm. <laughs> it's called Hangman's Joke. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which I guess you could have just called the gallows humor, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that cuts to the chase a bit a bit quicker. The hangman's joke. Get out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, by the way, uh wait, does he does he do it yet? What? I, I don't think the, the Jesus line. No, not yet. Not okay. yet. The Jesus joke does he, he never finishes that joke, right? He does. I went back and I was trying to catch the rest of it, but that's when he gets to uh Skank and, and Sarah's mom. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, okay we're, we're closing in on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very, very soon. Um, we find out that Eric and Shelly were set to be evicted from their homes before they were killed. It's, like, very loosely, like, elaborated that perhaps Shelly was trying to stand up for the tenants in the apartment that they lived in. Mm. And top dollar... This is all me trying to guess and connect dots because I've sure, sure. seen this twice already and I, I don't really think it's outwardly stated. I think Top Dollar owns a lot of properties in the area. Yeah. And so his whole thing is to hike up rents or just start fires and collect on the insurance money uh, or have gangs start fires on his behalf and then he collects on the insurance you, money. You, you know there's a criminal enterprise, which you have absolutely no clue what this no. criminal enterprise is. So like... It's kind of amusing to think that what looks like just a band of rowdy bottom of the barrel criminals doing bottom of the barrel criminal shit to unsuspecting innocents, that it may have just been a a fucking uh how, how do you put it? real like estate dispute? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And then and then these guys are like freelancers because he yeah. tells he tells them like, okay, you guys are working for me tomorrow. And then right. later on is like Get your uh, soldiers. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that. Yeah. He's, he got freelancers and stuff. All they have a meeting at one point with him and his constituents. There's no name. There's no talk of hierarchy. There's no talk of territory. No. There's no talk of like goals. It's, it's very, it's like I said, it's all just alluded to. So Shelly was trying to help the tenants. And so he sent people to go up there and supposedly just scare them. And mm-hmm. it led to it led to all this madness. That's what that's what I g- gathered from what what was sure. said. Um. So elsewhere, Sarah's mom shoots up morphine with her boo, uh, mm-hmm. skank. Uh, when the crow, both the bird and the man, <laughs> show up, uh, the couple's too high to do anything about the bird when it shows up. They're just like really amused that there's a bird in the room. <laughs> and then Eric Draven shows up. And super cool, like hits his head on a light uh, light bulb. Like there's a light bulb swinging in the in yeah. the apartment, and you see like hits his head on the light bulb, whatever. And that's when they all start freaking out. And he knows they're drugged up, so he's just fucking with them. <laughs> and he says, he says, oh, so I guess you can finish it for me, Jesus. Okay, so uh, no, no, um, so it's 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 Jesus Christ walks into a hotel. <laughs> he yes. puts down three nails. It says, "Can you put me up for the night?" He does say that. I thought there was more, and it's all right there. That is fucking hilarious. That is and I have been using funny. that joke for years. 
That is pretty damn funny. No, I, uh, yeah, I, um, (laughs) (laughs) the the imagery is coming. One would argue that that's gallows humor. (laughs) Yeah, they should have used the fucking name of the band, gallows humor. But again, fearless. This guy has a gun on him, drugs yeah. all over. Obviously, he's out of his mind. But what really sells me on this character is the fact that he doesn't really care. Now, I, now obviously, that's because he knows that he heals from these things. Um, and I love how the lore gets guessed at at one point and is 100% yeah. correct. <laughs> yep. But, um, but- by the way, one of the more not-so-great <laughs> shots of like him turning what's supposed to be his hand around and oh, watching yes. it heal and i'm just like that's a mannequin he's also like reacting as if it hurts at first yeah like it's like he's surprised yeah yeah he's fucking and, with him. yeah he's like oh, oh no, i'm true i'm good i'm everything straight so i was like all bugged out about that but um uh he comes through he frightens them you eventually find out that he makes the guy overdose on his own morphine. First, he like shot him in the leg, and the guy like passed out, and then yeah. he <laughs> drug him to the bathroom, did some stuff to him. My man, this is this is this has felt like a make or break moment for the movie for me, and it I, made I, 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 I can totally get me. why it made it for me because I think whether or not you're on the side of this, it will decide whether or not you like this film. Right? But he literally pushes morphine out of the veins of Sarah's mom. That freaked me out as a kid. I was like, what? And like, look, like I said, New York, man. You understand? Crack hit the 80s. We've seen all of it, heroin, all that kind of stuff. I was never, I never knew anyone who was addicted to morphine. So I've never seen a morphine addict and nor have I ever seen morphine pour out of somebody's veins. So I was like, what is all of this stuff? What is going on? Um, And he kind of like. I don't think it works that way. No, it doesn't. Like, are then you instantly sober? How does that work? Right. And I was like, it's been in her bloodstream for a while. Were you able to separate the box? And then he gives her like a stern talking to. He's like, you could be a better, be a better mom, right? I'm gonna take off here. Mother is the word for God on the lips of little children. I was like, what? Is yeah, that he mean? said. Yeah, he said that, and I'm like, yo, you really going hard on this? Like, <laughs> you you thought about this shit? You wrote down a couple lines before you left. You tried them out in the mirror. <laughs> You know, you're like, this is the only way, man. High performance. We got to figure this out. He had a, he had a button. <laughs> now, you were talking about Cody earlier. Now I'm thinking of him having um what they called that thing that he did. Uh, what was like, like a screening? Like what? Um, oh, oh, um, the, <laughs> like the, the conference meeting. Yeah, like the group, whatever yes. the heck. But it's all yes. crows. It's, 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 just, <laughs> it's Eric Draven. It's a bunch of crows, and he's like, "All right, guys, what about this one?" Mother is the name. Mother, mother, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the one uh, crow, (laughs) the San Diego crow, (laughs) still, still having the black lung. So I just hope neither neither one of them are the Disney crows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Golly, song this time. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know, sir. Uh Oh. I, I guess uh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, top dollars. I can make those jokes. It's okay. <laughs> yes, you <No>. can. <laughs> top dollars. Lieutenant Grange, who is Tony Todd, yes. uh, finds the OD gang member. The um, only one I think who actually works for Top Dollar. Yeah, and like that hierarchy you get, and thus he gets to wear the suit. Yes, 
and, and look cool. He has the cool little glasses. Um, he, what I like about this is that he finds the gang member, and when he looks up, Eric's in the window, and Eric's like, boo, and then jumps out of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's some spooky shit, bro. Keep it up. <laughs> Uh, we see Eric, we next see Eric when he stops by to talk to Albright at his apartment. Mm. The officer explains the details of his death as well as Shelley's. And through some sort of psychic touch, Eric is able to gather that Albright stood by Shelley's bedside until she died. What mm. do you think about the psychic touch? Um, I'm willing to believe it as much as I believe the penance there. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I'm, like I'm now. Now I got to predate when when the pen stairs start. I got to, like, I got to look it all out. Too. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um. So the first time I watched this, I had like looked away for a second. I didn't see that he put his hands on him. Mm. And when I came back, it was just like him, like crying and in a fetal position. I was like, what just happened? Right, right, right. What's wrong with what's wrong with the superhero? Um. But yeah, he um. I do appreciate the little sight gag where where um, Draven's just like, uh, you still got your hat on. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, at this, he's just poking fun. Like, th- there's a level again of confidence at, uh, that Brandon Lee displays as Eric Draven that I think really carries this film. And it's scenes like this where you believe, like, he's talking to a guy who has all the power. He has the gun. He's in yeah. his own apartment, you know, but still manages to make him feel you know, uncomfortable by pointing things out. Like, Hey, you still have your head up. Yeah. Um, like I said, Albright believes that they were targeted for trying to stand up for other tenants in the building. And all those tenants ended up standing silent in fear that something similar would happen to them. Uh, Gideon, the pawn shop owner is brought in for questioning. And he says that Eric Draven was the man who blew up the shop. We also find out that. Did I miss a whole thing? I know I pointed at one point that whole blood shaped uh <laughs> the crow. <laughs> he painted uh homeboy's um he painted the crow with the homeboy's blood. Oh yes, a, yes, yes. On a wall. He leaves various like crow birds um uh vis- visages a- across the city, ones in blood on like a canister. Yeah, um, like one of those uh cargo canisters you see at like you know a dig site or on a ship, yeah, in, in every movie ever. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then there's the big fire one, which everyone loves, yep. Um, which Nolan had no qualms about like, <laughs> using in the dark night. I'm telling you, bro, Punisher, nothing same shit. new, Punisher did the same thing, you know, uh, 2022, they- nothing's new, y'all, Daredevil. <laughs> Same thing. Oh, oh, oh is that the Affleck on. one? Yeah, the two D yes. uh fucking. That's o- right. O- I, o- I, I completely like, forgot about that. Puts the puts the the cigar out. Pay my man. You know what I'm saying? Pay <laughs> pay my man his money because y'all. I'm sure. That, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a moment before that, but I, I don't know. Um, maybe. Nah. Not with an insignia like. Uh, like a calling card kind of thing. I got it. I got to double check, but it feels. Well, like ask Daniel who uses his Rolodex. Oh, yes, he will. Put out some obscure German <laughs> superhero oh, vigilante. Uh, so, yeah, he. Oh, no, I was talking about the. Um, I love that one liner kind of moment where they say he goes like his uh, detective goes, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? He goes, looks like blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a jerk. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, uh, Ernie Hudson's character just says like, 
no concern for his job anymore. He's just like, I'm not going to last much longer here. I don't care. No, and it's just getting worse. So he's like, yeah, none of this. And my boss sucks. All of it. Looks um, like blood, detective. I, I, I missed a paragraph where I put, and it doesn't really matter. Um, it, I put, I think Top Dollar gets high by inhaling flaming eyeballs and taking cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it says T-Bird goes to Top Dollar and tells him about Tintin, but Do- Dollar doesn't seem to care. He does seem concerned about the pawn shop burning down, so he sends Homeboy to investigate. Yeah. Um, and then there's a there's a little meet cute where Eric, I guess it's cute to surprise little girls in the dark, <laughs> stops old girl from getting hit by a car, and then drops one of his famous lyrics from Hang Hangman's joke that will come back <laughs> as a callback later. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, bu- 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 bu. okay. So Gideon, Gideon tells uh Top Dollar about Eric Draven. Uh, we also find out that Micah Byling, the woman that we have been seeing with Top Dollar, the one that's mm-hmm. been like all seductive with him and eating eyeballs, whatever they do, mm-hmm. that's his half sister. Yes. No one understands what? Why? Like <laughs> no does, one gets it. Does it, it needed thematically to me? It just serves again to make these guys the worst of the worst. <laughs> like, are you gonna root for the half sister screwing eyeball huffing? Not know? only are they drug dealers, rapists, and murderers, but they engage in incestuous. <laughs> yeah, like, like freaking all of it, all of it. Uh, but yeah, man, that's the kind of guys I want to see die. So later, T Bird gets in his car <laughs> and is surprised to find the crow inside. The entire ordeal turns into a high-speed chase that involves the police and one of T-Bird's men, Skink. Uh, when the cops crash... Oh, not Skink. Skink's the... Uh, no, I think it might be Skink. Uh, when the cops crash into the other guy, that gives the crow enough time to park the car, get out, duct tape T-Bird to his car, <laughs> fill it full of explosions, while T-Bird mutters incomprehensibly about how there's no coming back from death. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, again, this actor did a great job just going... There's no coming back though, but there's no coming back. There's no coming back. Like he just just questioning him. all his beliefs in his last moments. I like that both him and Tintin were a bit defined initially. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we did it. Who the hell cares? And whatever. Like as they would be initially, and then yeah. you know after some pressure, they. He squeal. also has this one piece of scripture he really likes quoting. Right, something about the devil being uh, good or something, right? The- the, 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 like the devil saw goodness and like realized he wanted. Yeah, because he open a whole book and recite that to the to the to yes. Shelley. Yes, he does. Yeah, so that's that's his whole jam. But uh, yeah, we just Eric just fills his cars full of explosions, puts something on the on the pedal, and just sends it out to get blown up. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, abash the devil stood and how awful goodness is. Oh, yeah. That's like, very, he just keeps repeating that. It's very mouthy. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, I also forgot that um, Top Dollar killed Gideon by stabbing him and then being frustrated that he didn't die right away and then he shot <laughs> him. I think that should also be said. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. It's hilarious. That's what I'm saying. Like It has, com- it has comedic elements. Uh, the crow tosses a grenade into the vehicle and forces the car to drive off a pier before it explodes into a ball of flame. Top Dollar's lieutenant finds Draven's gravesite empty the next morning. Mm. Sarah's now clean mom makes breakfast for her. Also, her does good. no one work at this cemetery? Did nobody clean that up? 
Well, that's what they say. They say like she's like, oh, best place to sleep is a cemetery. I'm like, what? Are you, what, what are y'all doing? Was that what the '90s was? Just all, all these unkempt burial grounds. It's the safest place to be because everyone around you's dead. I was like, that's not how that works. That sounds like some hangman's jokes <laughs> right there. I'll tell you that. Uh, Sarah's now clean mom makes breakfast for her, and her daughter gives her shit for being clean all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, it looked like the mom was gonna regress. And the daughter was like, wait a minute. There's like a, mo- I think I might have a good mom here. So like, close. I'm in a moment here where my disaffected stuff could push her back into drugs. Mm. So I need to be kind. And uh, yeah, cause she's like, oh, I, she's like, oh, hey, honey, you want eggs? And she's like, yeah, eggs. I don't like eggs. Yes, you used to like eggs. Yeah, when I was five, like giving her a bunch of shit. So she's like, oh, you know what? Forget it. Dude, so when did quite- you become mom of the year? Yeah, I'm trying to just like, but I mean, this is also a kid kind of had to raise herself for the last couple of years. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just it, it. It was like it was that moment where she had like you could tell she had like she had like fifty thoughts in like a second and a half. Yeah. It just it just decided on just like okay, well, no way she tried. Let's just work with this. Yeah, like literally, there's that moment where she's about to throw out the eggs, and you can see in Sarah's eyes like I'm missing an opportunity here. Like yeah, this yeah. door is gonna close and it's never gonna open again. Yeah, um, which was uh, which which like I feel like that in a microcosm kind of explains po- probably what I mean by authenticity. Like the mm-hmm. city shit, but there's this family might be okay, and that's yeah. a celebration in itself. You won't save the city; it's just what it is. Just but stay indoors. This, yeah, but this family might be okay. <laughs> Stay indoors. Put on some hangman's joke. Oh, and geez. just, <laughs> just, and then, and then go up top for. A, I feel like oh, hangman's joke is this version of is this world's version of like um, uh, what's what's that band I, I'm thinking of? I, I'm, it's a song. It's I know I'm a song. Thinking, I'm thinking Santa of Monica. mouse rat. <laughs> I'm thinking I of mouse rat. <laughs> really? <laughs> Scarecrow boat. All those, oh, all wow. those names. Santa Monica Boulevard. No, uh, well, yeah, Santa, Santa Monica is the name of a song by a band. Everclear. I, I think it's no, 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 not that. Savage Theory Garden? of a Dead Man. Theory of a Dead oh, Man. <laughs> Apparently, Santa Monica is the name of several songs. Yes, it is. Yes, it, is. <laughs> it, it turns out Santa Monica is a popular place to sing about. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently. I just imagine that's this universe's version of Theory of a Dead Man with a bunch of sad songs and then a few like really sophomoric stupidity. Wouldn't it have been funny as hell if she would have put like the needle to the record and it would have been like some kind of pop sort of thing? <laughs> like, some sort of, or like a Devo Whip It kind of, kind of track? Like an industrial German uh, metal band or something? Uh, uh, whip been... It. Whip It Good. <laughs> and she's like, it just reminds me of him. It just reminds of me of him. time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh ernie hudson's boss demands that he gets a hold of these gang killings and accuses him of for of aiding the vigilante but then suspends him he's like you need to get on this matter of fact you're suspended <laughs> i'm like wait what? so does he get on it or is he suspended what's going on here mm-hmm. uh we thought we had reached peak mopery but draven goes back to the apartment and just starts looking at old uh photos of his of his boo tormented by the loss of his true love and then sarah walks into the place looking for him can't find him initially but she's like i recognize you even with the paint on i remembered your song lyric then he comes back out and he's like yeah girl we friends and they hug mm. uh with one gang member left top dollar looks to end uh all of this once and for all 
Sarah and Ernie confess to seeing the dead Draven while Draven himself plays a tortured guitar solo on the roof of his apartment. <laughs> that was the one moment where I'm like, what? Where is this? What is this for? All of it. All of it. But now I kind of want, like, I kind of want that to be his thing. Like, I want, like, I know this is going to sound weird. Who was it? Oh, it might have been Baron Corbin. Hmm. It might have been Baron Corbin, but I'm also thinking of like Damian Priest. But there was somebody that for a set for a while you would just hear the riff that light off, light on, and they would be there. And I'm like, that's so cool! Like to announce your. I your... think that was early Baron Corbin. Yeah, I'm like to announce your <laughs> appearance. Back when he like, used to walk out with the spotlight gimmick. Yeah, just to get a just get a chord in one just metal ass chord, and then he just show up. That's <laughs> so cool yeah uh but yeah he he plays a solo and then he smashes his guitar um just angst bro all of the angst um dollar holds a meeting with his criminal associates to play to plan more devil's night shenanigans but that's interrupted by uh eric's appearance as the crow Mm -hmm. a huge gunfight ensues killing everybody but top dollar micah uh grange the lieutenant and eric himself this is this is a scene that was just like kind of stays with me (laughs) Because the rest of this movie hinges on the fact that Top Dollar could have just let the asshole go. Yeah. Yep. He had a moment. He's like, it literally... I just want him. Like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd have left us alone. And it all would have been settled. This is also the moment, GT, where I'm like, for for what for what uh it, the background is of this production of this film there is an awful lot of gunfire in this fucking movie yeah yeah there is a lot of guns there is a lot of shooting and to know ultimately that the star of this was fatally killed in an accident mm-hmm. accidental shooting it's just like and they left it all in like oh <laughs> he's still getting shot at many points of several this times film, you know and it's just like this feels like a lot it feels like a it's lot. hard to watch it without wondering which one right right um and do you know which one no not at all it's um it's the flashback it's on when when he gets shot in the oh back. they actually have knowledge okay I mean, yeah i've it, never heard them disseminate which scene it was the guy i want to say it was the guy that the that had to that ends up overdosing on the drugs okay um no fun boy fun yeah fun boy he was the guy who ended up overdosing on the drugs mm-hmm. um so he fired a 0.44 magnum smith and wesson revolver at mm. lee as he walks into the room um but supposedly oh the oh the one where they surprise him and he just takes a shot yeah yeah then okay. eventually the one on the knees but the one on the knees i believe was with a stun double which leads me to believe that they probably wanted to do all of the flashbacks as like full scenes mm-hmm. you know but if you consider that probably all of that was shot around the same time and then he was killed during one of these the most prominent flashback the actual inciting incident i could imagine that after that they're like well we can't shoot any more flashback scenes so right we're just gonna have to chop to shit. sorry what we already have yeah and that's how we and get then, and then that and that and that basically becomes the art of the entire flashback uh motif Yes. Yeah. Just cutting around what they what they have already shot and stuff. They um they had like they used digital effects. They used a stunt double, 
And at one point, they were even considering using a mask with his likeness. But, he, but when he showed up on set, people were like, yeah, no, this is not, this is like terrifying and kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Like, like all of it. Like, we don't want anything to do with any of this. So, so many kinds it, of weird going on here. Yeah. So they were, they were, uh, yeah, they were past it. But it's just like, when you hear that that's how the star lost his life, it's just crazy how much of it still, how much of the gunfire and all that stuff is still in this. Mm. Um, oh, this is my favorite part. Micah deduces that the crow often seen with Draven is the key to his immortality and his link from the land of the dead to the world of the living. She just, she just Someone should do something it. about the bird. I'm just saying. She just, yeah, she just guessed it. She's like, I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what's going on. Y'all should go try that. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah and Eric speak at Shelly's gravesite and Eric gives Sarah Shelly's ring for safekeeping before taking off. Unfortunately, soon after Sarah leaves, she's kidnapped by Top Dollar. Eric is alerted by the crow. Uh, about it just sounded funny in a sentence. He's alerted by the crow. What up, yo, Sarah? I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing my next lines, crow. What? What do you want? Oh, Sarah. Sarah. The more Sarah's... I think about it, and the more I hear it, the more I can't disseminate the the the, the audio differences and intricacies between the the crow sounds and like the raven ones they used to use for his theme song oh yeah like i said like i definitely couldn't fucking tell <laughs> uh, um so yeah he's like sarah's stuck in the well boy tell me tell me <laughs> tell oh, me more shit. crow what's what's going on and he goes she's where now yeah so she, they take him to a church. This had to, this had to go to a church, bro. Had to, had this to. had to go to a church, which, uh, which also, Daredevil would end also in a church. Did it? I thought it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't remember, remember the stained glass. The stained glass. Uh, I only remember stars. the. I genuinely only remember the scene of him uh, going up to uh, MCD's apartment complex. Oh yeah, and like. Him just waiting for him. I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you are, bro. <laughs> You're totally the bad guy, man. It's, it's 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 a Bronx thing, Wesley. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. What? Uh, I miss I, I miss Michael Clark. Michael Clark Duncan would have been great in this film. Maybe yeah, he should have been top it. dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, you know, uh, visually speaking, especially in that time, it would have it would have been interesting to see these two well-suited men in Tony Todd and Michael Clark Duncan as the bosses yeah. of this criminal empire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that probably would have been bad. Like in the nineties, like around. Image. Yeah, and it's like oh, you're rooting for the the edgy white man to go and beat up these. <laughs> Uh, you know, entrepreneurial black men. Yeah. No, well, no, but then again, but again, he didn't <laughs> want them. That's true. They That's did true. that to themselves. That is true. That is true. It, it didn't. Yeah. That's just sloppy business work, bro. That's Which is kind is. of how the end of the movie just rings funny for me because it's just like you didn't have to be here. No, you're fighting on top of a church now against this dead man, and you didn't. You brought have it. All, to be you brought here. it all. You brought it all the way to here. So it's like uh, it's like. It's like Draven has already accomplished this mission, but now he's in this fight for no reason. Right, right. Um, because he has, so, I mean, obviously because he has to save the girl, but like all of this could have been avoided. Right. <laughs> and it also could have been avoided if Sarah didn't stick around freaking. Yeah. Uh, thing. And 
Piero's, can you stop being so obvious about who you hang out with? Like, they just picked this girl <laughs> off the street. They barely knew Eric Draven as a man. But in a week, no, in like two days, we were able to deduce who his best friend was. A crow <laughs> and this random girl. <laughs> and so um, she gets kidnapped. They go to the church. Um, he fights us. Well, he faces off against a sword-wielding top dollar. Grange shoots the crow when it enters the church. It did, doesn't die. It just gets injured somehow. <laughs> Uh, and the injury is enough to remove Eric's tether to immortality. Yes. Uh, so then sh- Top Dollar then shoots him um, and then taunts him. Like, yeah, remember? You thought you were invincible, but I just found out 15 minutes ago that we killed your crow thing. Did you know that, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, I just oh, keep hearing, I just keep hearing whiplash, like bark. I want my, bird. my bird. I w- Bring me back my bird. Uh, I'll break arrives wanting to pay his respects to eric just as eric is shot and wounded top dollar grabs sarah and climbs to the bell tower as a fight ensues between him and the grim specter that he owes revenge to albright kills grange and then the actual crow escapes micah's grip claws out her eyes and sends her down the bell tower to her death yes it was yes it was but she had an affinity for eyes so i guess it it's poetic. He, mm. She flew too close to the sun or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when um, the sergeant is wounded and he's like, I told you, I told you you're supposed to stay behind me. He's like, I don't listen. <laughs> I told you I have a problem listening. Uh, Eric climbs to the roof of the church on his own, even though he's injured. Mm. Their top dollar admits to the ultimate responsibility uh, that he is the one who sent the men to go do what they did and ultimately leading to Eric and Shelley's death. And he's getting his ass kicked because he doesn't seemingly have any of his powers or strength. Or maybe he's just sad. I can't remember why he's getting his ass kicked so de- decisively in this. Um, but Depression then, is no way to go into a fight. But then he's like, oh, I have a, I forgot I have. <laughs> I have a ace mm-hmm. in the hole. 30 days? Hours. 30 hours? 30 hours. <laughs> a pain all yes. at once. So apparently when Eric touched uh, the sergeant, he was able to pull from him the pain and the agony that Shelly felt for 30. I'm act- literally closing my eyes to try to get the through line on this. <laughs> he he, uh, he absorbed he, it. He absorbed he the trauma, the it. grief, and the pain, and he held on to it. Now, to be fair, he was doing that before he touched, <laughs> he touched the captain anyway. Yeah. So like, I feel like there's a cut of this film where he does this without touching him. Mm-hmm. He just says like everything that I've been holding on to, everything that I, you know, this whole reason, this whole journey, all my memories, you got them now, and then yeah. that's the end of this. I feel I feel like there's like there's a, a a thematic through line that makes sense, but we've got to make it about the girlfriend, so we need to specify that it's Shelly. Yeah, her specific pain, her specific agony, because and that's, that's his that's his journey. That just sends Top Dollar over the roof. And I'm yeah. like, this is not a 90s film unless he gets impaled. And he does. <laughs> he falls right on, on I think Multiple one of the points. Plans. Yeah, yeah. He's cut, he's yeah, he's cut to smithereens. But um, yeah, that that impaling, I'm like, they yeah. just did a re- they recently did an impaling in Moon Knight, and I'm like, gotta this. start gotta start throwing people on uh on, on I haven't fences. started it yet good i think you dig it i think you dig it mm-hmm. uh sarah accompanies albright to the hospital and eric is reunited with shelly at their graves 
the crow carrying Shelly's engagement ring in his beak <laughs> later lands on Eric's grave and drops the ring into Sarah's hand before flying over the city and into the night, while Sarah's monologue affirms that while people die, love lasts forever. So, yeah. Again. All this lore that she already knew. It's unapod yeah, her of all people. Una <laughs> it's, una it's unapologetically what it is, but I yes. kind of really like it. Even talking about it, I and I'm like, I'm. There's parts obviously that we've laughed at, we've goofed at, but again, these are like. It almost reminds me of a criticism that you hear often, which is like. It, it's it's almost not even the worst sin of a film to be bad, more so for it to be boring. Mm. You know, and this film was not boring. Um, and even the parts that were just a little bit too much were perfect in universe because of the universe they set up. It was everything in this is dramatic because it's all dramatic. The shots are dramatic. The dialogue is dramatic. <laughs> it's all dramatic, but because it all is, it all fits. Um, there was a bunch of fun facts, but I we're, we're running a bit short, so I'm going to just give you these two. One of them I already I already stated. While most of the scenes after Brandon Lee's death were digitally composed, there was, a, in fact, a mask that had been made directly from a mold of Lee's face. It had been intended That's to be on stunt doubles. <laughs> they attempted to create, to, to create the scenes using this mask. However, the cast and crew were far too unsettled by the prop that it was destroyed. <laughs> so not only did they not use the mask, but they destroyed it, and the way that they placed, the way that they wrote that, that it was destroyed, makes it seem like they were all there for it. Like they were all around. They were like, we need to make sure this shit. It's like when they buried the mother box. Like they all had to be around and make sure it never comes back. Um, and this fun fact may not, after I say it, may not even surprise you. Mm. But according to Empire Magazine, cocaine abuse was rampant on set with cameramen. What? Cameraman no. shooting while high, the crew going to the toilets to snort between shots, and people cutting around, it just says. One crew member recalls hearing the sound of a sneeze on set one day, and an annoyed Brandon Lee quipping, well, somebody just lost $50. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That is hilarious. Nice. Um, um, cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. Oh my god! Uh, you know, if he was still alive, snow was it snow? Snow blaze? Snow? God, Lee, the superhero. Snow or oh, super uh, villain? <sighs> what was this on the boys? No, it's a real. <laughs> Snow flame, snow flame. Oh, snow flame. Oh, oh my God, yes, yes. Oh my God, that's so dumb. Oh, it's so Top stupid. daughter could have played snow flame. God help us. Um. Oh my God. I, I. This is very interesting for me, going back to it because it, it it reminded me of something I don't get to think about very often, which is the um the the longtime mythical curse of the Lee family. Apparently, right? This was yes. something uh, I I heard um, that, if I'm not mistaken, the the gentleman that we were talking about, the character actor, had joked because Brandon got injured on set doing something, and he was like, "Bro, you better quit it, or you're gonna die on this set." Mm. <laughs> you know, like shit. And now he's like, I, 
the fuck? Like, he's like, I should have yeah. never said nothing. But talk to me about this curse. Uh, so uh, there's an older, it's a, it's a silly old story about um, sort of like the Lee family sort of being cursed in a sense that all the um, the male uh, descendants of the family since Bruce have died uh, under, I guess, seemingly mysterious circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. The details of Bruce's death are always weird to a lot of people because he was like the healthiest dude ever. Where the fuck did this brain aneurysm come from? Right. Um, and then Brandon mysteriously dies on set to an accident. It, it, it's one of those things where uh, a lot of a lot of stories about like the Chinese right. getting back at that family. Yeah, I, I heard found that. their way in, and it, it permeated for a long time. Some of the bigger, some of the bigger um, urban legends surround, like you know, the that family possibly, you know, being targeted by the mob, by yeah. the Chinese mafia, um, and you know, they were, I, bro. I remember everything. I remember occult rumors about yeah. Brandon Lee's death that it might have been some witchcraft or some fuckery. Really? I heard about people putting bullets in the gun. You know, somebody put a bullet in the gun. You know, when you're young, like people don't got the facts. It's about the narrative that makes most sense with. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, hmm? No, I just lost my train of thought. But basically, <laughs> understood. Uh, no, I think that we were talking about. Oh, Brandon. Yes. I, I think that when, when it comes to stuff like this, like just in general, anything that we can't explain humans by logic need to find reason for. So, and mostly for preventative measures, Mm -hmm. you know, mostly to make sure that, you know, things, things don't happen again. And so when Brandon dies the way he dies and no one has any answers. People start making up answers so that it would never happen again. Oh, no, we got to do is check the weapons. Oh, we got to yeah. do is do this. Oh, we got to do is do that. But if it was foul play, you know, I guess we'll never know. Sure. Like, I guess we're, we're at and, that point now. And you almost can't even, um, as much as it makes sense to, from a layman standpoint, from a, uh, from a, you know, just a logical standpoint, um, as much as you probably want to tell yourself, like, that couldn't happen. Nothing so ridiculous as like a, a a prop gun accident with a live bullet would happen. Oh crap! It happened. Right. <laughs> it happened recently. And, Shit. And and all it has to we're do is happen once. We're still making this right? mistake. Right. But we're still making this mistake because it just happened with the Baldwin fellow. Exactly. And so. this is this is this is years where people are literally CGI muzzle flashes. Yeah. And we're still killing people with actual bullets. In actual guns. So have we learned out our lesson? I don't know, Probably man. Not. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully the crow that takes Alec Baldwin so oh, doesn't sense any sadness. <laughs> doesn't bring him back for any kind of any sort of revenge. How do you feel about this idea of, you know, the idea that, that a sequel, like a, 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 a out and out reboot of this has kind of languished for a very, very long time. Uh, actually from 2008, Stephen Norrington was going to write and direct uh, uh, one. But as of right now, s- since the first, Bill Skarsgård is set to set as, um, set to star as Draven. We got Rupert Sanders directing. He did Snow White and the Huntsman and Ghost in the Shell. 
Um, uh, yes, and, two and, clearly critically lauded films. <laughs> uh, FKA Twigs. That's a name. Formerly this, known as? Ta. I get. I guess her real name is Talia Debrett Barnett. She is a. Yeah. She was raised, born and raised in Chatelham, Gloucestershire. She's London. She's British. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's British. She's thirty-four, and she's gonna play uh, the dead um, fiance. Uh, Shelley. Yes. 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 But what do you think about Bill Skarsgård and the paint? Um, I mean, I guess, I, I, I guess they you 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 cast that with the obvious, you know, um, precursor of knowing like, oh, we have an idea of how this somebody looks already in our heads because of the it films, right? Um, I I don't I don't really have anything particularly to say about Bill, about Bill Skarsgård. I don't know his work that well to yeah. judge, so I I don't know what to say on that. I think it's a tough film to make. Uh, yeah. If only because, like you, you know, it 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 almost came at the right time for itself at the time. Yeah. But also, if you know what it is, uh, you're gonna have a lot of people like really staring down at you. <laughs> right. Because right. it's it's got an interesting following that film. Exactly, and you don't want, like, I wouldn't want to hear the the bullshit method acting. You know what I'm saying? From a oh, film God. like this, like oh, oh well, you know, I I had to talk to Brandon himself, you know, so we so we did like a fucking seance. We had a like, seance. I, yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't want to, but you know what my um what what hinges kind of my believability that this could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the era. Okay. So this worked to me because it was unapo- unapologetically 90s. The good, the bad, yes. the ugly, all of it. Do you set this reboot in the 90s or do you do it now? I fear doing it I now. I think there's too many changes if you have to do it now. I think doing it now takes the, the, uh, too many questions will arise. Yeah. I also think doing it then, they may not have the aptitude to capture the same amount of... They'd be too scared that some of it is corny they'd be too scared that some of it is too 90s right. but that's right. totally what worked in this movie so i feel like you'll get almost like a sanitized 90s there's, there's some of those things about films like this that uh, almost always don't work because it's like um two guys like like let's take the uh i never remember their fucking names uh let's mm. take was it was it skank that got burned in the car T-Bird's oh, in the T-Bird. car. T-Bird, okay. Yeah. So Which is that. easier. He's easier to remember because he has a Thunderbird. That's the, the name of the oh, car. Oh, does he? Oh, is that the gimmick? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I don't know cars like that. Um, so fair enough. Let's take T-Bird. Like, like he 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 gets the whole um the car death. It explodes. All that sorts of thing happens. There's a whole lot. And like I think there's a firefight not too long before after that. And at some point, if it was set now, at some point you have to ask the question. Nobody got that on camera, right? This isn't on YouTube already. Yeah. And I also don't know how I would feel about like the crow on social media. Like, you know, then <laughs> I saw him. Have you spotted him? Like, like for like for the crow. Like, I don't like none of that stuff. Hashtag crow. <laughs> Hashtag crow. I just, yeah, I. 
I almost, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm veering around this opinion, but I almost don't want it to be remade. I feel like this should be preserved as is. But I also haven't seen the sequels. Maybe the sequels will get me so mad that it got so diluted that I want it to be brought back in a in a more kind of. I've only form. seen one of them, and I think that was number three. Is it called City of Angels? See, uh, yes, yeah, no, it's called Angels, South... is isn't it? The City of Angels, I think it's the second one. Yeah, okay, I saw the third one that has Kirsten Dunst. Okay, and man, that was bad. The Crow, <laughs> the Crow Salvation, yes, who that is, I don't know who that is, Eric Mabius. <laughs> Why are there different crows? Are they supposed to be different crows? I guess they are. So, in, in of the little bit I've known, the little <laughs> bit I know being that I watched um, the Superhero Origins Watch Mojo video on it, <laughs> uh, is that the crow in its own in its own right has other books, but they're bringing back other people. Okay, so the this is just like a. You're saying like a um um yeah like an avatar for a specific grudge, yes. And then okay, yeah. Um, they so bring back th- different people with different stories to right some wrong or do or or some sort of vengeance. Yes. The direct uh, sequel to this, Crow City of Angels, comes out two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a Rotten Tomato score of eleven percent. <laughs> two years. I don't know if I know a bigger drop off. Eh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. But anyway, <laughs> damn. Oh, <laughs> no, damn. not eleven. Not eleven. I don't think it's that big. Damn. Not eleven percent. Um, oh, I can't wait to that third one. I got to see where that one lands. They got Edward Furlong and Emmanuel Creek Creek Cree. That's how you say her name. How you say how you say Lana Lang's name? Oh, uh, Shakri Shakri Shakri. Um. She's in Edward, that? Okay. That's no, Edward Ford, they're in the last one. Uh, the Crow Wicked Prayer. Tara okay. Reed, David Boreanis. This is just this none of this is David Boreanis. And yes. Edward and Edward Forlong. That's incredible. Dennis Hopper's in it. Danny Trejo's in it. What kind of madness is this? Came, <laughs> out, came out in 2005. But um yeah, did you hear I, who? Did you hear who previously was was looking to be the uh, the crow lead? Yes, uh, Jason Momoa. I, and I, I, I hated heard that, that from the beginning. There's a Jason Momoa. I think he could have done it pre Drago, possibly yeah. pre, possibly pre Aquaman. A little you younger, know, a little, <laughs> little wide, more wiry. You know, yeah. now, now I can't see him, but anything other than like the rock cousin, you know, like just this big tattooed bohemian, bohemian just one of those. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, but yeah, when he said, I said recently, I'm like, I don't know if I can see him doing the same kind of moping and, and, and depression and stuff. You probably would have been better with like a rock star, like an actual rock star. Like have they ever tried mm. that? Have ever tried casting someone who can actually sing in one of these things? Who knows? No, I don't think they do. But uh, as 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 I believe they say when it comes to the stage stuff, um, it is much easier to teach an actor to sing than it is to teach a singer to act. Yes, 
<laughs> which was the which was the same thing about um which was the same thing about the asteroids in Armageddon. Armageddon? Yeah, they had to teach drillers to be astronauts instead of oh, teaching yeah. astronauts how to drill. Right, right, right. <laughs> which probably okay. would have took half the time and half the resources. Right. If you would have just trained your actual astronauts how to drill instead of hiring drillers and then teaching them how to be astronauts. I feel like that's harder. Just a bit, just a bit. Um, but it's gonna what you want to talk about hard, it's gonna be hard to make this uh reboot, but who knows, man? Stranger things have happened. You know, if it ends up being good, if it ends up working out, um, then we should be we should be Gucci. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's a, it's a tough movie to get. It's you got to get the tone just right. You've got to get the right kind of actors and the right kind of. There's a lot of ambiance involved, and to not make it all seem very hokey and ridiculous, or yeah. God help us really over serious about itself right right if you got to find a, a weird line that i don't know if you can find unless you know what this movie's trying to make you feel yeah um and th- there's a bunch of different comics i've been reading recently that when i try to decipher the plot plot point by plot point it doesn't really matter as much as how it made me feel and how the events made me feel mm-hmm. and that's kind of like this film like when you put it all on the paper it may not sound like a cohesive narrative but you you never miss anything watching this you never miss there's nothing you don't see everything you need to feel is right there on the page for good yeah. bad or indifferent but um there are some yeah. things you can't you can't you can't really explain like you either liked it or you didn't yeah like there, there's no it's not it's not interesting because the the plot is incredibly interesting. It's interesting because the performances jump off. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like I said, you buy it. And hopefully you guys have been still buying this as a podcast, as a professional podcast. We're trying our best to make it seem like that in six years, baby. Six years. Oh, wait. I've got, I've got to tell you about this one. Uh, this, this supposedly canceled sequel that I just oh, saw. Oh, no. Let me hear about this. In the late, in the late 19. 19- 90s a sequel slash reboot to the crow titled the crow 2037 oh my god it would be set in the future really as if we didn't the far far future of 2037 (laughs) it was written and scheduled to be directed by rob zombie i believe that i believe that (laughs) And what was ultimately canceled. I almost wish this happened. It I sort of believe that. It, it potentially would have been the Jason X of Crow movies. And I wish it. Oh, it, my God. It would definitely would have been way harsher. You've seen some of those Halloweens or House of a Thousand Corpses. Zombie. I've seen the I've seen the first Halloween remake. Yeah, he directs as if he doesn't believe it. There's there's a God, which who knows? But, <laughs> but he's made his choice. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, he's made his choice. <laughs> you know, who knows? But yo, I think he could have probably lent something to this. But then one would argue again that it might have been too dark. This is gonna be, this is a, a souffle. You know, you have to be very delicate with it, or it all falls flat. Did you get to look at anything involving the comic book? I know you you intended to. All I knew was that the whole thing was in black and white. I started okay. to read it, but then I got kind of got caught up in some other stuff. The whole thing is it, the whole comic is in black and white, mm-hmm. and the rumor was that the director actually wanted to film majority of this film in black and white, which is why it's kind of got, he got the to color do a lot of the flashbacks in black and white. Yeah, his idea was the flashbacks would be in full color, 
and the movie would be in black and white. But the because your life was once filled with color and then you and it was drained away. Yeah. And 1994, that was deemed too experimental. That was deemed too, you know. You avant-garde artsy prick. Brand, uh, Brandon Lee, I, I re- both read this and then I saw an interview with Brandon Lee where he's like, okay. like the, he was like, oh my God, you know, they took so much from the comic and they try, they want to do it in black and white, but due to the limitations of Hollywood, like that's how he put it. The limitations then, of Hollywood, aka the suit said no. 100%. They would just not buy it. And we're talking about the same kind of suits that would drop you on a dime. I mean, yeah. I guess not on a dime. They killed the star, but you get what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, like... It goes to show that the person that's in charge of all this can seemingly change overnight. So it's freaking crazy. Um, but yeah, that's all I got uh, uh, the comic. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe for which is worse, we'll just pull two of these random crow movies out. Go see. for it. <laughs> you say Go that as a man it. who's going to be a spectator and not in the world. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, oh, what, what was that? Another, like, I don't know. I think there's another silly movie that like there's got to be another cult movie that had some really bad sequels and that and that and you can you can work with that uh yeah yeah i, I don't think know there'll be something up there there'll be something up one of the x-men fucking sequels oh shit <laughs> those kind of go by the wayside a bit but if you guys want to find out what uh two things we'll be pitting up against each other you guys got to make sure you're listening to the next episode of the major issues podcast chops every single wednesday knock on vibranium this one dropping on 420 the six year anniversary of comic book click and that is not an accident um, <laughs> there is a we've, we've done a lot we do a lot and we will continue to do more but thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode where we're going to start wrapping things up by letting you know that you can listen to the major issues podcast wherever podcasts are found podbean stitcher apple podcast app tune find youtube spotify and now on facebook make sure that you are joining us all over social media at facebook.com slash comic book click instagram at comic book click and you're using the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hottest latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media everything comic book click is at comicbookclick.com, including our merchandise a little bit about us uh, articles written by us and every single episode of the major issues podcast is over 220 hours of content i'm hoping to get all this audio and put it in a robot version of me once i leave this earth that will you know <laughs> haunt <laughs> haunt people by talking about the latest and greatest until <laughs> until the eventual heat death of the universe so make sure <laughs> i've seen a lot of episodes of this premise and it, it don't end well no no it doesn't but you know if worse comes to worse just send him back in time to tell me not to make him. I'm pretty sure that would be fine. Won't turn out bad at all. No issues there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, comicbookclick.com. Consider uh, supporting us one of three ways. You can support us from absolutely for free by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can rate us five stars and it helps us uh, as podcasters find out what you like and what you don't. And it helps bring other people, uh, bring us to other people's attention. Uh, they're looking for the kind of podcast that we can deliver, but they don't know about us yet. So help us get there by sharing the podcast and rating us five stars. If you want to support us monetarily, consider buying some merch at Public. Not only can you find some exclusive designs made just by us in the show notes and at comicbookclick.com, but we get a kickback for every purchase. So you get something actual, factual, and tangible, and we get some dollars that help us uh, keep the lights on here. Lastly, we have a Patreon, 
patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, where for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you can help us afford some of the hardware and software that we'll be using in the near future to help expand this brand. Uh, we have all of our clothes are fitting a bit too tight in uh 2022 we are growing into our big boy pants and we got some big gonna be some growing pains but there's gonna be some really awesome stuff coming into the future as we help expand our team expand our reach and expand our goals for the rest of this year but uh this has been a terrific episode of the podcast and we hope to do many many more so long as you guys keep listening six years here's to 60 more for comic book click but my name is george serrano aka the don I'm Gregory Thomas, aka GTV Birth. And this has been our Crow recap and review. And remember, whether you're the living, breathing embodiment of revenge, a fan of crows, a person caught between life or death, or celebrating the six-year anniversary of the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media, remember that apparently true love does last forever. Remember that we are the click. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.